Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Wow! Every king! Every king will bow down to you, Jesus! You are so worthy of our worship today, God! We honor you today in this place, God! You are the one, Jesus, that laid your life down, a living sacrifice, God! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, God! Your blood is enough! Your blood is enough, God! And Lord, I thank you as we partook of the bread and your blood today, God. It's an equal field for all of us. There is not one person that's going to stand before you who will be able to say, I got here because of what I did. It's because of what you did, Jesus, and we honor you today, God. Eyes fixed on the Lord. I just hear him saying that. Eyes fixed on me. Eyes fixed on me, oh my people. Eyes fixed on me. The things that are coming in the earth, you have to keep your eyes fixed on me. Eyes fixed on me. Just like the children of Israel lifted up their eyes to that serpent that Moses put upon the stake, only those who looked up were saved. Jesus, we keep our eyes fixed on you. There is nothing but the blood that will allow us to persevere. Thank you, God. We worship you today. We offer our hearts to you again today, Jesus. Fill us afresh, God. In Jesus' name. Good morning, everybody. Bless the Lord. So good to have you. Just want to share a couple things with you. I'm going to have my uh, wife come, and she's going to minister uh, the Word of God to you today. But welcome, family. So good to be with, with all of you and thankful for what God's doing. This is Oliver. He's in from California, so he can do whatever he wants right now, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, amen. God, isn't God good? Thank you, Craig, and your worship team for that amazing worship, man. God's so good to be in his presence. But I just want to share something with you. And again, Lori's going to come in and, and preach, uh, minister the Word of God. But um, Lori finished... Uh, 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 her first year of ministry school last year in uh, Redding, uh, California, uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and um, and then came. We got home last uh, May, right? May two, year, right? Two years ago, exactly. And then, uh, anywho, she was registered online uh, to complete the second year, and super excited about that. Um, uh, and and ready to to take part in that here at home, and uh, we had never even discussed the possibility of her going back on campus because just the the cost of that. And um, is he cute or what? It's kind of distracting. Uh, anyways, uh, you, we just uh, we knew she was supposed to go to first year, and uh, and then we're going to do this second year online. Uh, and and again, looking forward to it, but. Um, we were on vacation around about three weeks ago or something like that on the beach. And, um, anyways, the Lord really began to speak to me one day as I was praying about her and praying about, about her stepping into this and completing that second year online. And, um, and God spoke and he spoke really clearly and, and he, he, he told me to send her. Uh, 
that he had things for her that was going to be completed in her, not only for her personally, but for this ministry and for what God was going to release into this house. And I didn't like it, uh, nor did she like it. Matter of fact, I, uh, one evening, I think we were, I forgot where we were at on the balcony or whatever, but I, or, uh, and, but I said, okay, this is what I felt like the Lord said. And it was just a shock to her because, again, it was not, no, nowhere on our radar to be apart again for eight months and for her to be away from everyone here in the church. And, uh, but, man, God spoke it. He spoke really clearly. There are a few things that he uh, shared with me uh, that she was going to do a little bit differently uh, than what she did her first year, and we're going to obey the Lord in that and trust the Lord in the finances for that part of it. But long story short, um, we're going to be taking uh, Whitney, Laz, and Oliver to the airport um, Thursday uh, morning, and then we're going to come back and load up our car, and we're going to take three days to drive into the mountains of Northern California, and uh, so she'll have her car there with her, and then I'll, I'll fly back a few days later. And so we want to share that with you, number one, because it's a, it's a long eight months. It's hard, even though she's in the glory and she's learning and you're where God wants you to be. That doesn't mean that it's still easy. And we're a body and we're a family. And so we covet your prayers, her prayers, prayers for me. Um, we'll be doing a meal train for Pastor Scott every day. So you can sign up for that online. And um, praise God. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm going to miss her like crazy. She carries so much. And I'm gonna, I miss her as my wife. Um, we've been married, what is it, 35 or 36 years? Yeah, 35 years. And uh, the longest that we were away until God called her to do this was um, a mission trip I took, and that was two weeks. So uh, the eight months, I guess, it, two years ago was, was something else. We're going to trust the Lord with it again. But not only as my wife, it's what she carries here. When she walks through these doors and she's down here in worship and Father's heart and all the ministries and and just uh, again, we all carry something different. So when someone's missing, we miss that. And so I know the church um, feels it and felt the lack of her going to school last time. And but I feel like the Lord really showed us that God's going to raise some women up. Uh, that's really going to help step in and men, and uh, we're not going to miss a beat. We're going to miss her, but he's going to fill that in until she gets back. And so, so I'm excited for her. Uh, we again, we just ask you to pray uh, for her. Pray for me. Pray for our kids that are here and our grandkids that are here. We've talked with all of them, and they're supportive. But it, it, again, it's, it gets pretty tough. So, anywho, uh, love her, honor her. We're excited. How many will uh, just be agreeing? Uh, over these ex next eight months that that God's on purpose and that that not one thing that he intends for her to have and for us to have will be dropped. Amen. So let's be agreeing about that every 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 day. And so anyways, I love you. I think she's super brave. I mean, here she is in her mid 30s. Um, <clears throat> right? She's in her mid-30s uh, going, going off to school. But I think she's brave. Amen? I think she's setting a great example for all of us and for our young people that when God says go, go, and he'll take care of it. Amen? And so I just really want to honor her and her yes to the Lord. Amen. Do you want this? Yes. Come yes. on. Good morning. 
have to wait for my podium. I feel emotional this morning. It's my last Sunday. I feel like he adjusted me way quicker than what I adjusted to this. Thanks, babe. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, Let's close our eyes and just position our heart before the Lord. God, we just ask you to come in and Awaken your groan inside of us. We ask you, God, to grip our hearts. Pray that out loud right now. Say, God, grip my heart with your holy gripping. God, grip our hearts. You have not called us to be casual and stoic and bored in this pursuit of you. And we ask you, God, today, awaken Awaken, awaken our hearts. In Jesus' name. Mike, why don't you go ahead and come up? Um, Go ahead and come up. I'm going to say a bunch of things today. I don't know how much I'm going to say, but of all the stuff that I have written down, I have some stuff to share today. But I want to start with this reality. I'm going to read this scripture in Psalms 27. Verse, verse four, I'm going to talk about repentance. I'm going to talk about deliverance. I'm going to talk about us being shaken into, into the place of holy surrender, dying to ourselves and becoming laid down lovers for the Lord. So I may not be talking a whole lot about what the prize is, but I have to start that the prize is this one thing. And this one thing is, this one thing that I have asked from the Lord that I will seek and that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. The goal is not an encounter with the Holy Spirit that feels good on Sunday mornings and we walk away like we've never been touched. That's not the goal. The goal is not to fulfill the destiny and the purpose of your ministry. That's part of it, but that is not the goal. The goal is Jesus himself. The goal is the man, Jesus, and there's no greater beauty. There is no greater satisfaction. And sadly, most of us have not yet experienced that in depth. But he is calling us to that place. And so this is, this is, this is where I'm starting this morning, and I don't want us to miss this or forget this, because this is, the, this is the prize. This one thing I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. And then I heard Corey Russell say this the other day. It says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. But he said, beauty is the greatest disciple. We depend on people and things and books and stuff to disciple us and mature us. But really, when we capture the beauty of the man Jesus, that is enough to stay, keep us locked in into wherever he is going. But it is up to you and it is up to me to steward the thing that he's doing in our heart. 
Okay, so this is, this is where we're taking off today. So Mike comes up to me during worship, and I'm just going to ask him to share what he's been up wrestling with all night. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's many that just come, um, and they, they, they bow at his feet. And they uh, they pour out their hearts to you. They they uh, they they uh, wet his feet with their tears, in their shame and in their guilt. And there's many that uh, that just that's all they do. And then they walk away. They're satisfied with their shame and their guilt being gone. And then a few days later, they come back. And they do it all over again. They keep the repeating this cycle. Then there's some that come and they seek his, his hands. And they say, Lord, I need healing. I, Lord, I, I need a, a payment for my car. Uh, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. And as soon as they get it, they walk away. They're satisfied until the next time, and then they come back. But then there's some that, w that press in, that press in, and they look up, and they see his face, and they press into his presence. And his presence is what he wants. He wants our laid down lovers that pr will press into his face, press into his presence. And he, he, we see that, that uh, he is, he, that's what he wants. And then, should I do the violent? Gosh. There's, um, there's, I, I, f I forgot, it's, it's in Matthew uh, 11. Uh, th yeah, the, um, the, the verse about the, uh, since uh, John the Baptist, there has not been uh, anything that has been, uh, I forgot, the, the kingdom of heaven is been taken by violence, yes. And the violence will take it by force. And then in Isaiah 22, Shebna, he says, "Who are you that put you who who put you into that office?" There's there's some there's some that are in office that are not supposed to be there. And he said, "I'm I, I'm going to shake you with violence, and the whole earth there's going to be a shaking of violence." And the and this violence is is going to the things that are standing when it's left is what's going to remain. And uh, he told me a long time ago here, uh, uh, several months ago, to put on your armor and stand, stand firm. Put on your whole armor and stand firm because there is a shaking coming. And when this shaking comes, uh, only those that are standing firm on, on, the, the, uh, 
on, with their armor on will withstand the shaking. And we are the violent. We are the ones to take it back. There's, uh, there's angels that are waiting, waiting for us to ask. Ask them, we need your help. There's, there's angels for healing. There's angels for mercy. There's angels for, for uh, supernatural uh, phenomenon. And they are waiting for us to, to, uh, to just ask them for help. We have been, far too long we have been asleep. Far too long we have been um, in our slumber. It's time to wake up. It's time to be uh, in His presence. And when we get into His presence, all of these things will fall into place. All of these things will come about. All of these things will, uh, all of the, all of the uh, there's going to be some supernatural uh, deliverance. There's going to be supernatural deliverances that come about because of our pressing in to the face of, the, of Jesus. Okay. Amen. Is your spirit at alert? <laughs> Are you hearing what the Lord is saying? If you're bored and it feels mundane, then that is a red flag that there needs to be an awakening inside of us, that there needs to be an awakening inside of me. Today I am going to um, sort of hone in that we have an enemy and are you aware of your enemy? You know why? Because you have an enemy. There is demonic forces chasing after you all the time. And most of us have um, these fortresses and these strongholds that we have catered to for many years, many of us. All of us, guys, I went through deliverance a couple months ago. I got delivered from demons. If that scares you, then I don't know what to tell you. All I know is we have a real enemy. And do we want to focus on that? We do not want all of our conversation to be about what the enemy's doing, where the stronghold is. I'm weak. I'm tired. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. But we have to know who our enemy is, and we have to know how to fight. Since the day of John the Baptist, why is that even, what's the deal with that? Since the day of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist stepped onto the scene, he carried the most violent message of any man that ever walked the face of this earth. And since the day of John the Baptist, all hell broke loose. Violence was, was absolutely uh, brought on the earth because he was cast out of heaven. Violence was brought on, the enemy was cast out of heaven. Violence was brought on the earth to take down the enemy. We could spend a whole lot of time, go home and read every scripture where the enemy has been disarmed. Do it. We don't know who we are as sons and daughters, and we have got to figure it out. I don't want, I don't want my brain to go a million different directions, but this is, this is where I'm starting. God wants to heal your inner man, and he wants to get you delivered. You know why? Because he's raising up a great and mighty army. And in this last day, we will be perfected. We will be perfected. The army that he is rising up is going to be holy. It's going to be righteous. We're going to be in unity. Um, I remember a couple weeks ago at prayer, Lucas read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where it said we're all supposed to be speaking the same word. 
but we look around and we're like, oh, I feel like I'm good here, but we're, we're still really a hot mess. The Lord is kind and he is gracious. He's full of love. So as I speak this, we can't forget that. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. I've probably read it to you a hundred times, but I'm going to do it again. And it needs to be in the Passion Translation. It's easier. Psalms 110, 3. I need you guys. There has to be an alert inside of us. These guys are watching us. We need our spiritual dads and our spiritual moms to rise up. Our sons and daughters, when they are struggling, they need to know who they can go to to pray them through, not to give them a good counseling session. Do we need that? Yes. But guys, we need to repent and we need to get delivered. And our, our spiritual moms and dads need to be able to train our kids in this. Because if we are not repenting and if we are not getting delivered from the junk that's in our life, we cannot rise up as a great and mighty army and we will be taken out. Like we need to see and know the severity of the enemy. Does the enemy have any power over us? Absolutely not. In Colossians chapter 3, he says, Jesus came to make a spectacle of it all. Jesus came to make a spectacle of every authority demon that there is. But when we continue to cater to the demonic chatter in our lives, the stronghold is still there. I want you free. I want me free. This place, this place carries a word for this community in this region. This place carries, I'm gonna, I, I, I have words that's been spoken over Boomba Worship Center. I feel like I get up here and kind of say the same things every time, but we're just going to go with it. Let me read the scripture. Keep my mind on track. Go with me with this. It says, this is wild. Psalms 110, it's God talking to Jesus. God's prophesying over his son. And he says, this makes my heart go wild whenever I think of what God has promised his son. He says, my son, your people will be your love offerings. They will be laid down lovers. They will not covet money, pleasure, or treasures, anything outside of you. They will be your love offerings. Their life will be an offering of pure, perfect love. Guys, if you are being convicted by sin, do not push it away. He is coming to rescue out of it today. If you are being convicted or if you're being made aware of the strongholds or fortresses that you have in your heart, do not push it away. He doesn't even care what it is. He doesn't care if it's sexual. He doesn't care if it's bitterness. He doesn't care if it's unforgiveness. He just wants you free. Like there's no shame in any of it. There's no shame in any of it. So your people will be your love offerings. And in the day of your mighty power, you will be exalted. How's Jesus going to be exalted? Through his laid down lovers. And in the brightness of your holy ones, you will shine. In the brightness of you and in me, the world will see Jesus. 
as an army, as an army arising, as an army arising from the womb of the dawn, anointed with the dew of her youth. I never understood the whole, the whole um, from the womb of the dawn. I'm like, God, what does that even mean? And then one day he just said, it's out of the dark night of the soul. That army's going to rise up out of, I almost said an inappropriate word, but that army, that warrior in you is going to rise up out of the dirtiest, nastiest stuff that you have been in, but he will rescue you and you will rise up pure and you will rise up holy, you will rise up righteous and you will be his warrior in this earth. Okay, do you know who you are, Boomba Worship Center? This is just, this is just ones that I was just remembering last night. Do you know who you are? Because every one of you in this place carries a part of what God is doing here. This is not a responsibility of Scott Pullum or me. This is not a responsibility of Craig or the leaders of Boonville Worship Center. We have our role, and as we submit ourselves to Jesus and Jesus himself, we will run with our whole hearts with what he's called us to do. Do you know who you are? Do you remember the word from Clay Nash? I've read it multiple times whenever Dutch Sheets was here and Clay Nash said that, uh, I'm not going to say it very well, but remember he said he saw us um, with that digger, like digging, 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 going after the wells of revival. And he said, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, but you have not hit it yet. But the day will come whenever that digger goes down and it hits that, the, the pressure of the glory of God is going to burst out with fierceness. You know, this isn't just about wanting a move of God. I mean, it is about revival. It's about awakening. But remember this one thing I asked, this one thing. The whole point of all of it, the whole point of you showing up on Sunday morning and him radically touching you, you may fall down, you may shake a little bit, you may weep. The whole point of that, that is just a shot in in the arm for awakening and his glory for you to encounter him and to pursue him, steward him in your heart the coming days. The goal is not the encounter. We want revival now. But more than anything, we want to be free. And we want to be walking as the warrior that he's called us to be. As we begin to step, there is a call on your life today to wake up. There is a call on your life today to wake up. There is a call on, I mean, guys, I have lived, I mean, even now I still feel a little dullness in my heart for the Lord and in, in, in the place of, inner, of intimacy with the Lord. But I don't feel shame from that. I feel it as an invitation to intimacy. He is not shaming me because I'm not exactly where I'm supposed to be. All he cares about is for me, for me to turning to him and saying, I want you and I'm going to take a step towards you. That really, really, really makes his heart pound for you.
we were doing uh, inner city or city work in Evansville quite a few years ago, and I was at Bible Center, and we were having dinner one night, and I remember this strange lady sat across the table from us, and she reached, like there was all kinds of conversation going on, and she reached across a bunch of people, and she grabbed my hand, and she said, you're going to be in the middle of it. She said, you're going to be in the thick of it. Again, it's not about me. It is not about me. Guys, you don't even know. Whenever we get on our faces, we pray for you, and we pray for God to grip you, and for you to know him as your one and only, and for you to know who you are as sons and daughters. That's all that matters. But this woman, she was strange. She dressed weird. And she was, she was telling, and I'm like, you're kind of weird. Like, it was, it was awkward. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, tell me more. And we got in the car, and Jacob was like, I'm pretty sure that was an angel. And I said, Jacob, I feel like that was an angel. Hold this dream over and over, but I had a dream that we had wheelchairs hanging on these walls. We've had crutches hanging on these walls all over. Like in the dream, there was barely any open spots on these walls because, and like I remember reaching over, I was standing up there and I reached over and I hit on the wall that another testimony of, of what God did. Like there's going to be such a movement of the glory of God and signs and wonders and miracles, do we know, do we know that the power of signs, wonders, and miracles is what brings people to him? God uses that. Even the word that Mike shared this morning, like are we taking what God is saying to us flippantly? Are we saying, God, light the fire inside of me. I have to wake up or I'm going to die. I remember Rhonda's friend had a dream about us. Rhonda, she doesn't even live here. She lives in another nation or something. I don't even remember where she lives, but she had a dream that these jets were flying in. You know, and it's like we can define like, oh, like this massive revival is going to break out and people from all over are going to come. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I really don't know what it means. I mean, there's just so many things. Like whenever Jennifer... Uh, was in Florida, and, and God told her that, New, that Boonville was on the map, and at the very same time, I'm in California, like, she put a pin in the, the um, map for Boonville, Indiana, marking it as a place for God's glory to dwell, and at the very same time, a friend of mine gave me a word, and she said, Lori, I see a map of the United States, and I see a pin going into Boonville, and you are being marked on the map. I hate to break it to you, but if we continue in our casual, weak ways, we will not see it. 
Just because we are given a prophetic word does not mean it's going to happen. We actually have to steward the word well in our heart, and we have to pray into it, and we have to prophesy it, and we have to ask the Lord what direction. He's such a good shepherd. What do we do? Where do we go? Like, how do we do this? We are desperate to know how to do this thing. Do you want revival? I feel like revival is such a cliche word. Do you want awakening? Is this too hard for you? Is it too much? Josh Pierman. Josh Pierman had a dream. And he said there was, he said that this was flock, like, you couldn't even walk up here because there were so many people radically touched by the power of God. And Josh Pierman is in the dream taking these chairs and he's moving them back just to make room for people because God was so radically touching people. Josh Pierman. Ramsey, Dr. Ramsey last week said... Guys, don't stop. If you get tired, don't stop. Don't stop going after him. But her dream was, these guys were leading us in worship. These guys were leading us in worship. And all of us, all of us adults are just sitting back enjoying. Robin's over here dancing in the horse trough. And these guys start marching around worship, leading worship, leading worship. These guys walking around the sanctuary, leading worship, leading worship, leading worship. And by the time they get over here, everybody in the sanctuary is on the platform leading worship. Guys, our kids are watching you. Be so careful what you do from chit-chat out on the hallway while we're actually having a service in here. We only meet once a week like this. Come on. Come on. Let's honor, let's honor what God is doing in this place. Yeah. To how we're living our lives. Do your kids hear you gossiping? Do your kids see you honoring each other? Your pa- uh, the mom and dad, do they see you honoring each other? Our kids are watching and they're waiting to see those that are on fire and that are sincere about the pursuit for the man Jesus. Bill Jenkins and Mike Posey, both of them prophesied that Boonville Worship Center was a hospital for leaders and others. Mike Posey saw many men and women that were leaders that came here to get ministry. I feel like the enemy is just messing with me now to tell me I'm being prideful. He's a liar. You have a power to cast a demon out. Scott and I are no different than you. You can lead people in repentance. You can lead people in deliverance. 
then I remembered the dream that I had that Scott and I were in doc like the white hospital coats and we were doctors in the hospital. And at the time, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And I'm not kidding. Until last night when I was writing this down, I remembered that dream after I had wrote down about what Bill Jenkins and Mike Posey said. It was like, oh. <sighs> and I remember Scott and I meeting in the hallway and we're just like hugging and kissing and we're off off to, to his operating room and I'm off to my operating room. There again, it is not about us. You have the hospital coat. <laughs> you have the precision of the Holy Spirit to do whatever needs to be done with the person in front of you. Okay. I wrote this down too. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure, guys, for you to expect the leaders of this church to carry this stuff. It's not right. God is calling us all to maturity. He is calling us all to step into fullness and wholeness. And it starts with repentance. Jesus steps on the scene. Jesus is out in the wilderness for 40 days. In Matthew chapter 3, he comes in from the... Okay, I had, a, I had a rabbit trail. I'm not going there. I'll do it later. He comes in, and he steps on the scene, and he goes into the temples and the synagogues, and he says, repent. He goes to church, he goes to the body of believers and he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And before that, um, John the Baptist, his message was the one and only thing of repent. He is coming. Make way for the king of glory is coming in. Repent. This has to be such a part of our lifestyle. Let me turn my page. Y'all good? Can I encourage you guys? Even if you don't feel zealous and hungry, expectant for what God wants to do when we show up here together, will you act like you do? Will you show up? with your Bible and your notebook and do it anyway. Because whenever we, we, when we do it, even when it feels mundane, he will show up. Bring your Bibles, bring your notebooks, and expect him to tell you something that's worthy of writing down. Show up early. Press into worship. Like, do the things. Guys, I'm cutting the head off of religion right now. This is not a religious act. This is the king of glory teaching us what it looks like to pursue him and to long for him. And we have to kill the flesh in order for him to come in and take root and fire inside of us. 
And we expect him to come in and just set fire on us whenever, whenever we way rather would wa um, watch Netflix and do the things that satisfy our flesh than actually doing the mundane things that we wait for the Lord to show up. Write this down. So Jesus is called to repentance, Matthew two, uh, 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 2. The kingdom of God is at hand, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And in Revelations chapter 3, verse 19, he says, be zealous for repentance. you're being corrected by the Holy Spirit, it's because he is madly, madly in love with you. And it is an honor to be convicted by the Holy Spirit because he's drawing us higher. It's just like whenever we're teaching our babies to walk, we're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, you can do this. And then they fall again, and it's like, it's okay, we're going to celebrate you getting back up. So Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, repent and return for times of refreshing. I'm going to talk just real briefly about re what repentance is. Repentance is when we actually have regret along with a change of heart. How many of us have done something wrong and we're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry? That's not repentance. I mean, it's good that you're sorry, but being sorry, I don't know if being sorry changes anything in our inner man. It's a good start. But look at this in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent and return, for the times of refreshing will come. So repentance is regret along with the change of heart. Repentance happens in the mind. It happens in the mind. I think that don't get caught up in just the big sins, like the sexual sins or the addictions or whatever other big sins that there are, but that being aware of our inner man. That's where revival will start, is whenever we actually begin interviewing ourselves and paying attention where there are red flags and things that are not right in our heart, and quickly repenting, quickly saying, that is not of you, I turn. But, so repentance is, is where in your mind that you're consciously understanding the, the consequence of the thing that we're doing. If you're gossiping and talking about people that's not in the room, stop it. Be convicted. But then actually it says repent and return. So that means, means don't just do it in your mind, but in the physical, turn away from it and walk away from it. I don't know if I'm saying it the way I feel it. Jesus, show us what repentance looks like in our hearts. We cannot stay the same. We will continue to repent until Jesus returns. And if we haven't repented for a long time because we think we're fine, 
We ain't listening to the Holy Spirit. If that's all Jesus and John the Baptist talked about whenever they stepped on the scene to a bunch of churchgoers, why would we think we're any different? Okay. Repentance. It's where we understand, where we ponder, where we think about the result and the consequence of our sin. Of how your sin affects God, of how our sin brings separation from us and God and how it affects the people that we love. Can I tell you something? That your sin affects everybody that you love. And it's heartbreaking. But in him there's no shame. I feel like I gotta say this because I feel like this can be heavy. It's not about shame. It's about freedom. So that scripture in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, where it says, repent and return for the times of refreshing. Listen to what refreshing means. I don't ever remember looking this up and, and seeing this. Refreshing means to hold up against a thing, to bear with, forbearance, long-suffering, and patience. Repentance, we think, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to pour out because I repented. But actually in the Greek it says, no, actually you're going to be equipped to withstand the battle even harder. You're going to be more equipped to withstand the enemy. Your maturity will be stunted if we are not actively, actively walking out repentance. Okay, I'm going to move on. Awakening the true reality of the state of our inner man. That's a really long title, but I feel like that's, that's, God, awaken me to the true reality of what's going on inside of me. Deliverance. It's okay if you don't agree with me theologically about this. That's okay. All I know is God's delivered me of some things. Before I, I'm going to give you a sit, I mean, you need your pens and your pencils and your papers and your notebooks. You need it. I feel like this first thing that I wrote down doesn't have anything to do with what I'm about to say, but I wrote it down and I feel like God wants us to be aware. We cannot fight our battles without a prayer life. Our lack of prayer in the church tells us of our value of prayer. Oh, I could go off on this. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. David's temple being rebuilt. The song that we sang, did you know that that's a prophetic, a prophetic word that in the last days, truly, God's house is going to be a house of prayer and it's going to be worship, prayer, um, and prophetic declarations night and day, day and night. Just like it, for 40 years whenever David was king, 
the worship and the prayer never ended. Never ended. Guys, so our dullness to the place of prayer is a major, major red flag. So what do we do whenever we feel like we hear Julian say, oh, Tuesday night is Father's heart. This is no condemnation. This is like wake up my heart, Holy Spirit, because I want to be where you are. And really, Jesus said in John chapter 17, his prayer was, God, Father, I just want to be where you are. And Jesus just wants us to be where he is. And he shows up when people gather in his name. And we think that we can face battles with, the, with a life of prayerlessness, with a life of saying, oh, I broke my arm, will you heal me? Oh, I need a car payment, will you show up for me? He is going to show up when we don't deserve it. But don't we want to be in right communion with him day and night and night and day? I don't want to do it my way. Have I figured it out? No, maybe a thing or two. But I do know this. I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other, right, Dixie? I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. When I fall, I'm going to get up. I am not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. I am going to disarm the chatter of the enemy, and I am not going to tolerate it, and I am not going to be a punching bag for the enemy anymore. We have a lack of understanding of the power of these things that he's calling us into. That's why we're not showing up. Are you feeling that this is not condemnation, but it's an invitation into intimacy? I hope so. I hope so. I really want to talk about the ten virgins. When Jesus comes back, when Je- the very last message that Jesus preached was Matthew 24 and 25, and it was about whenever he returns, and he talks about that there were ten virgins. <laughs> five had oil and five didn't. There were ten virgins. There were ten brides-to-be waiting for their king to return so they could get married. Five had oil and five didn't. And the five that did it didn't get in. This is wild. Like, is there even an unction in your spirit of, oh, God, don't let that be me. I have to have oil. I have to have oil. Do you know what oil is? Intimacy. it time 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 with our king a sincerity of pouring our heart out before him of wanting to know who he is five had oil and five did not and the ones that did not have oil did not get in keep going. Deliverance requires being self-aware. Deliverance requires taking responsibility. Pay attention when you're blaming your life circumstance on other people. Stop it. That is of the devil. Only you can take care of you. 
You cannot change other people other than by, by being humble, by being loving, and by being serving and praying for them. You are responsible for you. I feel like that this is such an emergency. Do you see the state of our world? Like, thing, Mike is right. Things are being shaken down. And do you want to be equipped to withstand the days to come? Because if you do, then we have to go through. The, these are like the bare minimum things that we have to go through is repentance and deliverance. That's the only way that we can get to the battleground and be powerful warriors. Take responsibility, not just of our sin, but stewarding your inner man after repentance and deliverance. That's the hardest part of the battle. It's the hardest part of the battle. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, so I'm going to do six steps real quick. Six, six steps. If you want to be delivered of demonic influence in your life, this is what you need to do. You can do it all by yourself. I will do it with you. Robin did it at the park this summer with a lady. Then she saw her again a few weeks later, and the lady said, I'm still free. They were just at the park. It is not big, spooky, or weird to get delivered. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, heighten discernment so I know what I'm dealing with. So I know when I'm looking at darkness or when I know I'm dealing with whenever I'm looking at light. We don't even know the difference. Why? Because we're all messed up in here because we are not walking through repentance and deliverance. We need help, Holy Spirit. Step number one, imagine that, repent. I actually got this from a book. Jason ordered us, some of the leaders, some, book from, some books from um, Stephen Beauchamp. And this is just a real simple step one, two, three, four, five, six. If you want information about this, help for yourself or whatever, see Jason or Scott, several of us uh, have the book. We want to be a church of deliverance. And it's not weird. It's weird that we live with it. That's what's weird. It's weird that we've made it a taboo thing and we've not talked about it. Okay. Repent. All, repent of all involvement of demonic activity. It must be re uh, recognized and repented of. We have to have a sincere heart. Remember, was it Philip and the Ethiopian whenever they were walking across, down the road and, and the Ethiopian just wanted to know the word? And so, so Philip is teaching, teaching, teaching him all of the, the uh, books of the Old Testament. And he's like, I have to get baptized now. And Philip was like, you have to have a sincere heart. <laughs> this is serious stuff that we're stepping into. Like, we really are in a battle. <laughs> So we have to be sincere about our repentance and um, repenting from all involvement with demonic activity. We must be thorough. As the Holy Spirit highlights things, we must pay attention and be thorough. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. So scripture's there, 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Isn't it crazy that when we ask for forgiveness, he considers it just to forgive us? Not only is he faithful to forgive us, but he's like, yeah, yeah, this is what my son went to the cross for is to redeem you back. It's his greatest joy to deliver us. James 5.16, it says, confess your sins one to another that you'll be healed. 
I just break off shame and embarrassment and hiddenness right now. And I just release the spirit of freedom over this place for you to run into his presence because he says, you get to run into me with freedom into my presence. All right, step number two, forgive. This is huge. This is huge. Refuse to be offended. Refuse to hold bitterness in your heart. We have to refuse because if there's any root of unforgiveness or bitterness or anger in our heart, it is a game changer. Like, there, like that right there is a demonic stronghold that, that gives the enemy legal right to stay right where he's at. Guys, all of us have went through trauma. We've all went through a, a disappointment, hurt, all the stuff. Not to diminish the fear or the, the pain and the, the hurt that we've went through. But yet, God says, this is the thing. I have forgiven you of much. I have forgiven you of everything that you have asked uh, and repented from. And now we have to do the same. And the wild thing is, is when we don't forgive, we don't get forgiven. <laughs> We have to forgive. He will help you do it. (laughs) And when we don't forgive, we can't get deliverance. Maybe you're comfortable with your little critters in your life. I felt that. I felt that. I remember whenever I had a jealousy thing on me. And I remember feeling that, like, the, the it, 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 like, satisfied something in my soul to, like, defend myself. And if I got the thing out, then all of a sudden I was going to have to not be self-centered anymore and, and be like, no, I'm going to choose to lay it. God delivered me of it, though, j- just so you know. But I had to choose that. I had to choose that. I had to choose to forgive them, and I had to choose to love them, and I had to refuse to make um, connection with this demonic spirit of jealousy. And I did, and it left. Okay, so forgive. As we go through trauma, pain, disappointment, the enemy takes advantage of our emotional condition. The enemy takes advantage of your weakness. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. The goal is to get the person angry and bitter at themselves and at others. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I don't think that I have unforgiveness towards people, but what about your very own self? The goal of the enemy is to get us tangled up. Unforgiveness gives the enemy legal right. I already said this. To be here. So Mark eleven twenty six, he says, if you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you. Number three, renounce. Renounce agreement. Revelations twelve eleven. What's that one? What's that one? Oh, this is a good one. I remember this one. I want to go ahead and go there. I'm going to read this. Revelations twelve. I'm going to read eleven and twelve. I'm going to expound on it first, and then I'm going to read this this verse. Renounce, decree, and declare, I no longer have any agreement with the lies and the activity of these demons. You have to say it. I renounce 
agreement with these enemies, with these demons. And you have to decree and declare with your mouth. The enemy has sewn our mouths shut. Our sons and our daughters need to see moms and dads with their mouths wide open declaring the word of the Lord through worship, through prayer, through intercession. Actually, we think we look weird, but actually our kids are so thankful that they see people going wildly after the Lord because because that's what we're created for and they're feeling this inside of themselves that there is so much more to live for than what I see in front of me. And when they see you being wild for Jesus, let me tell you something, it unlocks the door for them to be wild for Jesus. Stop letting ourselves be held back. If, if, if you feel like you cannot open your mouth to worship the Lord in this place, Red flag, there is a problem. God, deliver me of this place of being silent because he is worthy of it all. As a matter of fact, in the last days, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And so your praises and your worship and your prophecies are going to go up 24-7. So what more is he going to do other than shut your mouth? We got to get the enemy out. <laughs> Decree and declare. Renouncing breaks strongholds. Say this out loud. I will use my mouth. Guys, I am serious. We can think things in our head and pray things in our head. We need to like preach a whole month on the power of the word. I mean, whenever you look at Jesus in Revelation, you look at his hair is white like wool. In his mouth, he opens his mouth and it's waters and it's a sword that comes out. Yes. You are so stinking powerful and God is wanting to reveal how the enemy is wanting to keep us small. But say it, I will not stay small. I will not stay small. Okay. Matthew eleven twenty three 23 says, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, it'll be removed. I'm not making this stuff up. Matthew 16, 19 says he gave you the keys to bind and to loose. When's the last time you bound something or loose something? Come on, guys, let's do this. Number four, command. Command, take authority over the spirits that have been assigned to you. They're, just like you have angels assigned to you, there's demonic spirits that have been assigned to you. Command them to go. In the name of Jesus. Guys, the, the spirit of fear was on me so strong, and I got delivered from the spirit of fear a couple months ago. And I've told a lot of you this, but I'm going to tell you again because it's still, it's still true. I can be in the bathroom doing my hair, putting my makeup on, and now I can so sense that demonic spirit wanting to come towards me. And you know what I say? I am not your house. Get out. <laughs> get active. Get aggressive. Stop being passive. The enemy... The, it, the target on you is to be passive and weak. You are not created to be passive and weak. It is time to rise up. He is, he is building an army. Command it. Speak with boldness and confidence. 
If you're struggling with boldness and confidence to speak and command things to leave, it's because we probably have an orphan thing going on where we don't know who we are as sons and daughters. That's a whole, we don't have time for that, but deal with these things. If you're aware, then just go to somebody, go to Scott, go to Robin, go to Julie, go to somebody and say, help me. I am struggling, struggling with even feeling like that I am loved or worthy or deserving of this. Do not live there. Speak with boldness and confidence. With the heart full of faith, tell the demon aggressively to go. Say aggressively. Stop tolerating. Mark 1, 27. He commanded the unclean spirits and they left. They were amazed. They were like, what? He even tells the unclean spirits to go and they obey? Okay, number five, receive. This is possibly the most difficult step. Dude, it's so late. Believe that God has forgiven. Believe that his power and his love is available. As soon as you turn to him with sincerity. Guys, the second you shift to God, he is there. He shows up and he does what, he, what you're asking him to, to do. So whenever we go through the repentance and the renouncing and the commanding, when we go through that, we've, we've got to get this number five. We have to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We have stop and sit and rest in his presence and let him wash over you with his love. Let him wash over you with truth. Let him wash over you with the confidence that flows from heaven. And then we, you, we have, is this your best friend? Do you know who he is? Because if you don't, you've got to figure out who he is. This is your sword. You want to know what your command is? Get it out of the word and, and say what the word says. This is huge. We can go through all of the, those first four steps, but if we don't actually receive it, oh, thank you, Lena. Then all that that we just did, the enemy can come back and have a space. Because the thing that gives us the power is our faith in the name of Jesus and in the blood of Jesus. So good. This can be the most difficult part of walking out sinful patterns and cycles. Receive. And then number six, consecrate. So it's so important that we live consecrated unto Jesus. It's better to be alone. It's better to not have a bunch of friends than to be in ungodly company. Because we are influential. If you're hanging out with people that are not pulling you closer to God, then we need to consecrate ourselves and pull ourselves to where we are able to stay in holy communion with him. The enemy will try to come and reconstruct the stronghold that has been torn down and don't think he can't. We must be disciplined in our devotion to the Lord in order to move forward in love, freedom, and purity. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, abstain from sexual immorality. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every kind of evil. And then I'm going to read this scripture in Revelation real quick. Oh no, wrong Bible. Verse 10, 
I'm going to go back to seven. I want you to listen. Listen to this war that happened in heaven. The power of the kingdom lies inside of you. And it says, there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Resist the devil and he will flee. Jesus came and made a spectacle of every demonic entity that there is. And the great dragon was thrown down in the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down who, has, who accused them before God day and night. <laughs> I want to spend so much time on that. The chatter you hear in your head of all the demonic junk, he is before the throne accusing us 24-7. Hi, buddy. <laughs> but the enemy has no power over us. Next verse. And how did they overcome it? Guys, get equipped. Get equipped. This is, what I am, this is what I am calling you to do today. Get equipped to pull down the strongholds, to, get, to repent, and to, to get delivered. And it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Say it, by the blood of the lamb. And by, because of the word of their testimony, the word that came out of their mouth with renouncing, with commanding, with speaking, with, uh, speaking the word, with worshiping, And they did not love their lives unto death. You know what that means? They were fine to just die. Remember the scripture that I read in the, in the beginning, Psalms 110.3? His people will be a love offering poured out. If the worship team wants to go ahead and come up. We're going to have an altar call. And if at any point have you felt conviction, have you felt a hunger to be closer to him, if there is any sort of invitation in your heart that you have felt from the Lord, I want you to run to the altar and I want you to get what he has for you in this place. If you really need somebody to pray for you, maybe stand until somebody comes to you. Um, I don't know if we'll have enough people to pray with everybody that's at the altar, but if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Guys, this is a sincere invitation. Like we're marking in the sand, like we will not go back. I can't tell you how many times Scott and I, like we, we've, we've had to deal with some stuff this year. And after we went through deliverance, he went through deliverance too. Like we'd go through a, a situation and he'd look at me and he'd say, we're not going back. Because we automatically want to default to our own ways, our old ways and our old way of thinking. But there has to be this grit inside of you that says, I refuse to go back. I refuse to go back.
Ezekiel 36, I'm sorry, 37, verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. It's okay. That has me, that bones, dead, dry bones. That's me, that's you. It's okay. It's okay. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among, around about them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and though they were very dry. The Lord's reminding me of another dream that I had. I was over uh, in the dream. I was like down at ground level over by where the kind of um, uh, store is over here. And it was like dry, 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 like a desert. Like you could see the white, like the dirt was white and cracked. Like there was nothing life, no life out of it. And all of a sudden I saw like kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk, but that shoot of life came bursting out of the ground of a dead, dry, parched land. Are we taking these words of the Lord as, God, you're going to do this? And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you will come to life. What a promise. And I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. Why does he even do this? Because he wants us to know him. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied, and there was a noise. (laughs) And behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, the sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they shall come to life. Guys, guys, prophesy this over your family. Get this word. Open up your Bible to Ezekiel 37. Walk around your home. Walk around your property. Go to your kid's house. Get that anointing oil. Be crazy. Be weird. Do you? We, we will do whatever it takes to stay in alignment and unity with God. Prophesy breath into your sons and your daughters. And he said, so I prophesied, and he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and they stood to their feet, an exceedingly great army. Do you believe it? Everybody stand. Everybody stand. The invitation is to intimacy. The invitation today is to intimacy, to know the man Jesus. If you have been con- convicted of sin that needs repented of, come. If you, are, if you have been made aware of demonic strongholds, fortresses that need to be broken, come. Come, do not resist. Do not resist. Do not resist.
We will pray with you. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.